You're now listening to The Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 264 of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary Swaby. How's it going, Gary? It's going very good, thanks. Good to be here. Absolutely. Um, And once again, today's show is going to be just... Myself and Gary, I know that uh, Mr. Lugo has been having some internet issues. Uh, He will be back, definitely in the future. As for everybody else, they're pretty busy because, you know, we are starting the busy season of video game releases. Uh, So with that said, people will be back. But uh, we got uh, crazy schedules at the moment. We're still working through that. But yeah, Gary and I are definitely here to talk about some of the news from this week, as well as some of our impressions, because I know we've been playing quite a bit of games. So uh, to kick things off, Gary, how about you let everybody know what you've been playing? Yep. So um, obviously, number one is Overwatch. I've been playing Overwatch yet again. Um, also been playing World of Warcraft still, you know, here and there. Um, not so much this week as before, but um, yeah, I've, I've played some. World of Warcraft. Uh, the reason I've had to cut down playing World of Warcraft is because I entered two new games into the rotation. So um, one of them is Sen- Senran Kagura uh, versus, which is you know a, a fighting game. Now I, I picked this up like because I actually had this on PS2 before. I think last year I bought it on PS2 and I was playing it on there for a while, but now I have it on PC. And the reason I decided to like, you know, pick it back up and stuff is because I saw JJ was playing one of the, the newer Senran Kagura games. So this, that made me want to like revisit this one. And yeah, yeah. So I, I, I picked that back up and it's, it's a very fun game, man. Like, you know, um, I mean, I, I don't know how to describe it to people because when people see it, they probably think it's like some crazy Japanese, like perverted kind of game, but. It, you know, it, it, it is, you know, it, it's got all that crazy, uh, you know, Japanese over-exaggerated physics and everything, but it's, it's, it's a fun game. Like, it's, 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 a, it's a really fun beat-em-up kind of game, uh, and you basically have to do different missions of beating up, like, all the different characters and stuff like that. It's like, I mean, it's like you're, it's like an, um, if, if side-scrolling games were, uh, in 3D, like this is what the game would be, I think, like it's something like mm-hmm. this. You know, it's just a fun beat 'em up, and you don't have to think too much to play. Like you just sit back, relax, enjoy yourself. And the game has amazing physics, I have to say, like some of the best physics I've seen in a game. Um, and you know, those who have played it, I'm sure you understand. But yeah, Senran Kagura is, you know, it's just a fun silly game that you, you, you can play and, and enjoy for, you know, a couple hours or so. Um, and besides that, I also got Dragon Quest XI. 
and I believe that game came out this Tuesday. Uh, so yeah, I, I bought that and I didn't actually get to play it until today because I've been so busy and because this is an epic JRPG, I knew that, you know, it, I would have to set aside a few hours specifically just to get into it because, you know, when you, when you get into a new JRPG, those first few hours are really important because that's when you learn and understand the game and the flow of the game and how it works, how the battle system works and everything. Um, thankfully, like this one, it hasn't been too overwhelming with the tutorials and throwing information at you because a lot of the games are like that. But this one is kind of, it just lets you kind of play and you just gradually begin to understand and learn the game just through playing it. And it seems pretty simple uh, from for where I'm at. You know, it's not overly complicated or anything. Um, I'm sure, you know, because in these types of JRPGs, they introduce a lot of new features later on in the game. So I'm expecting there's probably going to be a lot of new features, a lot of new things to learn that come down the road. But yeah, I've played uh, the first two hours. And based on that, it seems like I'm in for something, you know, pretty epic. Um, and I've heard great things about the game already from people who have reviewed it. Uh, I know Tatiana at the Coalition is working on the review, but she does have impressions on it on the site right now. So go check that out. But yeah, people have been telling me it's a, it's a really good game and that, you know, because I love JRPGs, JRPGs I'm going to really love this game. So I have every faith that this is going to be one of those incredible and essential JRPG experiences. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of, I haven't played a new JRPG that I've enjoyed as much as Persona 5 since I played Persona 5. So I'm waiting to see if this game kind of fills that void for me, of, you know, because after I, I, I completed uh, Persona 5 basically twice, I felt an emptiness like, oh, what, what, what do I do now? Like, there's, there's no, there's no Persona Six. Like, what am I supposed to do now? So, hopefully, this game will, will fill that void for me. So, yeah, uh, that's one, that's one way to see. But so far, so good with Dragon Quest Eleven, and that's pretty much it. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, I have heard from quite a bit of people that Dragon Quest Eleven. It is a massive game, and you probably will be playing that all the way to uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Christmas time. Probably, so. I believe it, because especially at my pace, because like my pace of playing games has slowed down a lot. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably be playing it for a long time. And uh, one other thing uh, worth noting, and I know both to both Tony and Tatiana can confirm this: after you finish the main story, which is about sixty hours or so. There's additional 15 to 20 hours of in-game content. So, yeah, you won't be playing that for a while. That's that's for certain. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the challenge is going to be fitting it in with all the other stuff coming out because I do eventually want to play Spider-Man. And, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that's coming out in the next few weeks and couple months and stuff. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally understand that. Well... Yeah, I, I do have something to say about that, but yeah, 
you'll 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 eventually get through that game. So we'll see. Yeah, having to figure out how to play the other games that's going to be a challenge. But uh, we'll see. Some stuff just might have to wait. So see what happens. Uh, as for what I've been playing, uh, I've been playing three big games. Uh, I guess you can you can say that they're big because of the, the status behind them. Uh, first and foremost, let's go right to Spider-Man. You know, I was able to review it on the website earlier this week. Uh, I gave it a 90 out of 100. Uh, I have seen that quite a bit, a number of sites, publications have also given the game glowing reviews. So glad to know that, um, I would, you know, that everything that I said about the game, a lot of people also agree that the game is, is great. Um, Overall, uh, you know, the game is out officially today here for everybody. Um, I'm not going to provide any spoilers on the story. Only thing I will say is that I very much enjoyed the story. And, you know, I will talk about it in the future. Uh, I want to give people the opportunity to actually finish the game. I know there are some that probably marathon the whole game because they got it last night at midnight. Uh, which is fine, but uh, I don't want to spoil anything for those that uh, are still playing through it. So maybe next week or the week after, I'll talk a little bit more extensively about the story and why I enjoyed it. But one thing I will say is the way they set up the world in this particular game, I think that is without a doubt the biggest reason as to why I can't wait for to see what they do with it next. Obviously, they announced the DLC that is going to start coming out. The first one drops on October 23rd, featuring the Black Cat. Uh, they have two additional DLCs coming in November and December as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing that content. And one thing that I did say to quite a, a number of people is that if you were picking up this game um, and even if you just decided that you want to pick up the base game, the content in the base game, and in particular the story, is so good that you are going to want the DLC. So that's why I was telling people in my review as well, you might want to, if you can't afford to get the digital deluxe edition now, you might just want to get the game a little bit later because it is going to be on sale during Black Friday. It is going to be a flash. Uh, they are going to have some flash sales for that game towards the end of the year. So I definitely would once again like to tell people if they haven't picked up Spider-Man yet and you do want to wait, it's totally fine to wait. There's plenty of other games out now that you may want to play. Destiny, I know that DLC came out this week. Um, NBA 2K19 came out this week, as well as there are other games coming, so you don't have to pick up Spider-Man right away. But when you pick it up, I think you will very much like what you get into. So definitely keep that in mind. But uh, moving on from Spider-Man... I briefly got a chance to try out NBA 2K19. I've only really started playing some of this game earlier today. Um, and to me, so far, it feels pretty much like every NBA 2K game. You know, I don't really, I haven't really noticed a change in the controls, anything of the sorts. I do know that I started the GM mode and they basically do a continuation of the last story from the 2K18 they try to connect it because even if you don't have a file saved they will give you choice options to make before you actually start you know get deeper into the mode um i have to say and so far i'm not impressed with the gm mode at all you know they have this uh i guess you can say it's this this guy it's like a tycoon guy this rich guy from texas i guess it's supposed to be equivalent to uh 
Jerry Jones, who was in, you know, with the Dallas Cowboys, that type of personality. But the guy is focused on, you know, you actually picked up an expansion team. And he brings you on as general manager to basically put that team together. Uh, so I've only really played a few games up to this point trying to build the team based on a lot of the people who are actually entering the NBA uh, this upcoming season. Um, but it isn't really – it's just not really drawing me in as of yet. You know, with last last year when they released 2K18, the whole thing with the GM mode is that you had to deal with the fact that there were people that wanted to buy the team and then the people who came in and bought the team, they had – like, for example, the, the GM guy had a son who – wanted to take control of everything and you would you know constantly clash heads with him or you can decide to work with him respectfully because he was doing stuff with the players that weren't really deemed you know in the best in their particular best interest so it was a little bit more interesting last year plus you also had to deal with the drama of certain people who might want to leave and based on how you handle the situation with the actual team then when it comes to free agency, then they may not even resign with your team. So it felt a lot more dramatic last season than it does so far with this particular game. I haven't really, like I said, I haven't played too much of it yet, but I'll definitely have a, a much more thorough explanation next week after I've actually had more time with it. Um, but I can say so far, I am not impressed with it. They also have the My Player Career, in which you basically start out playing for a team in China. And then you eventually have an opportunity to come back overseas. Ever since I saw the trailer for that particular mode, I was like, you know what? I am not impressed with this. It just doesn't look appealing at all. Um, and I know my brother started playing it. And he, he straight up said it's trash so far. So, you know, um, I don't really know what to make of these 2K games. I feel like, you know, because 2K, they have this basketball game and it is so successful. I believe they've gotten a little complacent. They try other different ideas, uh, and some of that stuff doesn't work out quite the way it needs to work out. But with that said, you know, I'm going to hold uh, a lot of my other thoughts on the game until I've actually spent more time with it because, you know, who knows? Maybe I might start to enjoy the GM mode a little bit more and some of the other things. So I'll definitely speak more on that next week because I'll have more time to actually dive into it. Um, and finally... The game that I've spent a ton of time playing, uh, you know, I, I, I've been playing this game ever since, I want to say, Friday of last week. That is uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Um, and I will have a review for that coming uh, this upcoming Monday. Uh, all I want to say about this game is, you know, obviously, if you enjoy the other Tomb Raider games that came before it, then you might enjoy this game. I personally am not really a fan of what they're doing with the story at the moment. You know, obviously, um, certain aspects of it are, are a lot different. But to me, it, it, it is pretty much the same game. And it is a continuation of what happened in Rise of the Tomb Raider and the other reboot before that, obviously. Um, so they obviously wanted to finish the story out, which is fine. What the problem is that I'm noticing is that I don't really think there's a lot of hype behind this game. You know, because even... Around E3 time, there wasn't didn't really seem like there was a lot of attention given to this particular game. It was on a lot of the other the other heavy hitters coming out this year, and obviously you have a game like Spider Man that came out today. Everybody has been hyped for that game, talking about it. 
I can't say for sure next week when Tomb Raider comes out, because it does come out approximately one day from today, next week. When that comes out, I can't say for sure that I'm going to see the same type of responses online that I'm seeing with Spider-Man. Because, I mean, Spider-Man has been trending ever since the reviews came out. I see people all, all over my feed taking pictures of their copies of the game. It's just a lot of general excitement for this game. Whereas with Tomb Raider, I don't think you're going to see a lot of that next week. Uh, and, right, I mean, understandably so, because Marvel and Spider-Man is just on a whole nother level. Um, but with that said, the game is okay. But like I said, I'll have a lot more in-depth thoughts to say on it next week. I, all I can say right now is, like I said, if you if you enjoyed the other two games in the series, you may enjoy this game. It's, it just feels like it's more of the same at the moment. But um, as I said, I'll have more to say next week when the actual embargo is out and you'll be able to see my detailed review of, of everything. So stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, that pretty much concludes what we have been playing for this week. So uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right into the topics. Wait, Gary, you, you wanted to say something? Oh no! I was just uh, I was just gonna say I can't wait to you know hear uh, more of what people think about Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Um, but I, I did hear some early thoughts on it, and uh, yeah, uh, let, let's just say it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the final scores are. Well, yeah. Well, w- one thing I will say, and I think I can say this because we've seen enough videos of it. By far, this is the best-looking Tomb Raider game of every game that they've had in their recent trilogy. It, graphically, it just looks fantastic. I know uh, Tatiana said this when she went to a preview event earlier this year. Dana has also said it. It looks fantastic. Um, the other aspects about it, you'll have to get that next week when you read the review. But uh, like I said, people who are fans of Tomb Raider, um, yeah, they definitely should pick up the game, I would say. And they probably are going to pick it up anyway because they want to see how the story concludes. But with all that said, I'll say more on it next week because, believe me, there is a lot to talk about with that game. So stay tuned for that. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and let's jump right into the news topics for this week. First and foremost, uh, the first story, this was a bit of came out of, out of, out of nowhere. Uh, it's very interesting to hear about this because we do have. A, another another colleague who used to be here on staff who was a huge fan of this, but uh, Kingdoms of, of, of Armor Lore. Uh, they made news this week when THQ Nordic actually purchased the rights to the series. So I wanted to get your initial thoughts on this, Gary. What does this mean for the series? Do you think that we'll get a remastered version of the original game? And do you think that we'll probably get more sequels in the series uh, over time? Yeah, I, I remember when this game came out and I, I remember hearing a, a lot of great things about it, specifically from, you know, David Jagnall, the person you were mentioning. Um, and yeah, like it, it always intrigued me because it was one of those, you know, uh, westernized RPG games. And it seemed like they had a lot of, uh, like source material in them and a lot of story that they wanted to kind of build a, a series out of. But then, you know, we knew it, like it kind of just trailed off after that that initial game. Um, so it's good that you know now uh, THQ Nordic is, has acquired this and they can continue to expand on that story. I'm pretty sure they will do a re uh, some sort of remake or remaster just so people can um, you know get familiar with 
the first game and then they'll probably build you know a whole series now out of this because uh, there's I'm sure there's a ton of stories they can tell you know based on this game alone um and you know I've, we've mentioned this before but I really admire what THQ Nordic is doing they're, they're restoring the THQ brand to its former glory you know buying up a lot of these old uh, IPs and stuff that THQ used to own and they also have additional IPs as well so I think you know that that's that's definitely a publisher to keep your eye on I, I think they're going to become a heavy contender at some point because they just keep buying up IPs and yeah I, soon enough they're going to be like a, a major player in, in the industry and it's good to see, you know, the THQ just rise from the ashes like a phoenix or something. It's like they were dead and now they're, you know, on slowly on the way back just from, you know, THQ Nordic. So it's, it's pretty admirable to see. But yeah, um, I'm excited because I missed out on this game the first time around. Uh, but if they put out a remake or remaster, I definitely will buy it this time. So I'm excited for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I mean, I think um, it goes without saying. I do know a lot of people was excited for this news. I also didn't get a chance to play this game when it came out because it, there was probably a lot of other things that I was interested in, and I wasn't really heavily into RPGs at that particular time. But um, I definitely am going to try this out. Very glad to see THQ Nordic doing a lot of great things. You know, of course, they picked up uh, Darksiders. And, of course, we're getting a Darksiders 3 later this year, which I'm looking forward to. So, uh, them picking up Kingdoms of Armalore, also another great acquisition. I'm curious to see what what, what they actually pick up after this. But uh, I'm looking forward to the game. As I said, I, I haven't played it. I know David Jagno has spoken highly of the game. So, uh, definitely looking forward to, to checking it out and seeing what they do with this series moving forward. Indeed. And um, so, uh, just because, you know, this is a mandatory thing to say, I'm yeah. just waiting for THQ to buy No Mercy. <laughs> well, that one, that, you know, with all due respect, I don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, hey, you know, I would just rather they buy the whole WWE rights back in the first place. And then we don't have to see 2K put out a horrible WWE uh, game ever again. Yeah, but, they, they, if they do that, like if anyone ever buys the WWE license, that there's one thing that they have to do, and that's not give it to Ukes. Like get get another developer to make the game, because Ukes is just you know running that series into the ground, doing the same old recycled stuff, and then you know breaking the game constantly, like making it worse and worse basically. So they need to give it to someone else. Either that, or Ukes needs needs to take a couple years off to reinvent. Being or whatever, so uh, they they won't do that because if they take the couple of years off, they'll they'll be out of business. So uh, they 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 absolutely are going to have to do something though. I, I think it, yeah, they definitely got to do something. You know, I, I did see that they had the roster reveal, uh, and I'm pretty sure we'll talk about that on WrestleCast uh, later on. But they had the roster reveal for uh, this part two of the roster reveal for WWE 2K19 earlier this week. And I looked at the comments, and a majority of the comments were like, yes, another year passes, and it's another WWE game that I won't buy. So I think the fans absolutely are getting tired of this. So we'll see what they do moving forward, but they definitely going to have to do something. 
to keep reinventing this series one way or another. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. But yes, Kingdom of the uh, Kingdom of uh, Kingdoms of Amalur. Glad that the series is able to return. Uh, I am I am a fan of Kurt Schilling. You know, he did used to play on the uh, Boston Red Sox. So uh, obviously, I know he was the one that heavily invested a lot into this project. I know the studio suffered tremendously. Uh, and it was very sad to hear when they got shut down. So I'm glad that now THQ Nordic is going to try and do something with the rights. So I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what happens. So uh, let's move on to... Uh, the next topic. This topic is going to be very interesting because I'm not really sure what you're going to say on this topic. I know that this was a point of news uh, this past week. It happened, I believe it happened on the same day we got some other news that dropped. Well, you know, maybe it was the same day that the Spider-Man reviews came out. Um, but basically we found out that uh, Henry Cavill, who plays Spider-Man, I'm going to say uh, Superman in the uh, DC movies, he has been cast. He's going to be in the Witcher TV show playing Gerald. So with that said, Gary, I know uh, you are a huge Witcher fan. I'm also a Witcher fan, although I will admit right now, as I have in the past, I never, ever got a chance to even get through uh, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. I wanted to get through it, but I just never got a chance to get through it because the game was so massive. But with that said, Gary, what are your thoughts on Henry Cavill? being a part of the now upcoming TV show that will be on Netflix in uh, 2020. Yeah, uh, so let me just say that, you know, when they announced this uh, Witcher TV series for Netflix, I was very excited for it, you know, because this could be like Game of Thrones level kind of thing. Um, But, you know, now that they put Henry Cavill in it, I'm no longer excited. Like, like, key word there was was, you know, I was excited. Um, I'm not excited now, like, because Henry Cavill playing Geralt, like, how? Like, I, I don't see it. Like, is this a young Geralt? Like, he, he just, he completely doesn't fit, like, and, you know, like, I'm, I know that uh, this TV series is supposed to be more based on the books than the game, so maybe I need to read the books to understand, like, why he's the, their pick, but... I don't know, like, it's, it's, it's really weird casting to me. I, I just don't see him as Geralt, like, in, in The Witcher. And I guess it doesn't help that, uh, you know, the, the work we have to judge him from is the DC films, you know, Batman, Superman, and, and, uh, Justice League, because those are trash films, like, and that doesn't help his case. Like, I don't, you know, like, we don't even have a really, I mean, Man of Steel was okay, like, it was good. It was just good, you know, Man of Steel. It was, it was good. But then you went straight into a, a series of trash films. And it's like, how do you come back from that? Like, how are we supposed to be excited about him being cast as Geralt now? Like, after he's been in a series of trash films, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm sure maybe it's not his, his fault because it's the production team behind those films that he's in. Like, it's, you know, he's not choosing the direction. He's just acting in it, but... Um, still, I don't know. I, I would, I, like, there's so many other actors I would have picked before Henry Cavill. Like, I just, I don't see it personally. Like, you know, um, now I will spend some time to read the books actually, because I do read a lot of books. I read a lot of fantasy books as well. So I think it's about time I, I dive into these books and see what they're all about and see if, 
uh, I can, you know, see a reason why they would go with Henry Cavill. Because to me, it just seems like he was interested in the role and he put himself forward and they were like, oh, that's a big name. Like, maybe we can draw in some, some more viewership by taking him. So it, that, that's what it looks like to me. It's like, it, it doesn't seem like they were uh, thinking um, in terms of who would be the best fit. It just seemed like it was more business. Uh, it was more of a business decision to have him, you know, and that's why I kind of don't like about it. Um, but what do you think about this casting? Well, first and foremost, I would like to apologize to our listeners and viewers that are DC fans and are very much enjoying the DC uh, Universe films. Uh, not really sure who, uh, you know, how, how many of those people actually exist, but uh, I do want to apologize just in case. Uh, so I will say this first and foremost. Uh, I know that uh, you know, obviously this actor, he really does like video games. There was a story about him actually playing a video game when he had missed a casting call for a film. So he, he's heavily into video games. Um, I'm guessing that was why they figured he would be a good, a, a good person to pick for this role. But, um, outside of that, you know, I, um, I mean, I saw him in, the Mission Impossible Fallout movie. I thought the movie was 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 excellent, actually. Uh, the role he played. I mean, it's a little predictable what happened, but the role he played in it was. I thought he did a good job in that. Um, we were able. We we want to talk about the uh, Justice League movie. Well, I was not a fan of Justice League at, at at all or Suicide Squad. I mean, to me, the only DC movie that I have enjoyed was Wonder Woman. And that is because that was the only one that, I mean, that movie still had issues, but it's the only one that was actually decent enough where people were talking about it in a positive light. So with that said, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see how he handles the role. Uh, because again, yeah, he, he is uh, definitely a lot younger, but with this character, you know, obviously, They'll give him makeup. They'll, you know, probably have him grow a beard. Although I don't know about the beard thing, since he still hasn't really recovered from from the way he got clowned on that. But um, they can make the character. They can make someone like him look like Gerald. I do believe. You know, he does have a physique that, you know, it, it, it's. It, I think a lot of women like this guy and everything like that. So I, I think uh, it definitely can work. Although I will say this: if you do cast him in this role. I'm very curious to see who you will cast as the antagonist because I do believe that you need to have a strong antagonist in this particular uh, series. Even though it's a series, I don't really know how many episodes long it's going to be. Uh, of course, the first season was written. Who knows if, it, if it'll be greenlit for a second season. But I do think if you're going to have a recognizable, well-known actor such as him playing the protagonist, there has to be also a strong uh, antagonist to go right up against him. So... I'm curious to see how they handle that. Um, but overall, I, I mean, I don't think it could be, I don't think it's going to be horrible. Um, it, it, it's, it's right to question it, to ask, how is this going to work out? I mean, I have no idea how it's going to work out, but I, I will give it a, the benefit of the doubt, at least until I see how he is looked when they actually transform him into the character. And I'm pretty sure we'll probably see that next year because last time I checked, uh, they had just completed the finale, the script for the for the finale, so they have to start shooting it soon because the show is not coming out till 2020. So, 
once we see images on the set, how he looks, maybe we might be into that idea. But for now, I think it's totally fine for people to question this casting decision. But we'll see what happens. Uh, I just want to know who's gonna, uh, who they're gonna cast as Triss, Marigold, and Yennefer, like the two main females of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see who they're gonna cast as those characters. And, uh, well, they probably won't have Siri in it if they're, uh, cause I, I would imagine they're telling like more of an origin kind of story. Uh, so it probably won't have characters from the, the third Witcher game, but, um, yeah, I just want to see what other kind of characters and, uh, what other, uh, actors and actresses they go with. And, uh, yeah, I would love to see some, some images of, you know, uh, once they start producing this and putting it together and everything, I want to see some in- images just to see the tone. Cause the way I was imagining it is like an epic grand scale game of, uh, Game of Thrones kind of, uh, show, but, I, I just, I got, uh, I've got a feeling now that it might turn out to be like really budget and crappy looking. And I hope that's not the case. Like, I hope, I hope they go, uh, they go all out and make it, you know, high production value and uh, make it something really special because this, this, something like this could really, uh, make Netflix like go to a, a whole nother level because they kind of need, you know, one, I mean, they've got a lot of original stuff already that people go to go to Netflix for, but they haven't got like a Game of Thrones, you know, like they need that yeah. one hit, that, that super hit that kind of transcends everything that, you know, everyone will want to subscribe for. So I, I hope that they go all out with this series. Well, I, 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 I definitely do agree with you there. Uh, I know... One of the biggest shows on Netflix has been Stranger Things, and I do know that the third season, I believe that is going to be the final season, so you definitely do need to have a lot more shows. There's a lot of other shows returning. You know, your favorite show, Gary, Iron Fist uh, Season 2 came out today, so, you know, that, that gives fans another thing to, to watch, another excellent show to watch. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> but yeah, you know, they still have some of the Netflix Marvel shows. You know, they still have you know, Daredevil, they still have Punisher because a lot of those shows, from what I understand, they are moving over to the Disney Network. Um, they're going to remain on Netflix until, that is, unless Disney renegotiates and they say, we want these shows on our service. But as of right now, those shows are going to stay on um, Netflix for right now. We'll see if that changes. But um, in regards to them needing another show, I agree 100%. You definitely want to have a lot more shows. And, of course, The Witcher is a very it's a very big deal. So, hopefully, the show is successful. Um, again, we won't know until two years from now when it actually debuts because they have quite a bit of work to do. But to know that the script is done, that's good. Now they can start filming, and then we'll maybe we'll start getting images of the cast and other people that will be on in, in the show. So, we can look forward to that. Um one other quick question I wanted to ask you before we move on to the next topic. You mentioned that there are other people that should have been considered for this role. Do you do you know, would you be able to share some of those names? Because I'm curious as to what your answer would be for that particular question. Uh, uh, you, you really put me on the spot with that one. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, my, my memory is bad and I'm bad with names. Uh, I mean, uh, 
come back to me, but is there anyone that you have in mind that you think would be good? Uh, I, I actually can't really think of anybody off the top of my, my head at the moment. Um, I mean, like, since I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking a lot of Game of Thrones in terms of the tone. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, someone like Jamie Lannister, like, he would fit, like, you know, someone like that, like, um, uh, I, I guess, like, somebody who's, uh, who's not too young, but also not too old, and, you know, they look a bit rough and tough and, you know, manly kind of thing, you know, like, someone who's got that look is, is what I'm imagining for Geralt. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I, I, I totally understand that. Um, I the only reason why I say I can't really think at the moment is just because I, I don't really. Um, I mean, there's a lot of actors and actresses. I there's a ton of actresses that would be great for the role of some of the other characters as well. But some of their na- some of them I don't know the name. I, they've been in, in movies that I've enjoyed, but there are some that they're not in a lot of movies. But when they are in the movie, it's a big deal. And I do enjoy it, um, but in terms of the role of Geralt, it's it's very hard for me to really pinpoint one particular person because I, I just think that the age doesn't really matter so much if the if the if the actor has you know is in good shape and has a physique, um, I think that they could just put makeup on him or whatever and have him look like Geralt, and they, they don't need don't need to worry about him actually being an older older guy unless they want to actually take that that route. But um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of actors. I, I have to think about that question, and maybe we can revisit that another time. Um, but I haven't really given much thought to it. Only thing is, I heard that they chose this guy as the casting, and I thought, well, I'm interested to see how that looks. Um, so I guess we'll just have to wait on that. But uh, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head at the moment. Yeah, like even a dude who played Thor, he would be a good fit for that. Oh, oh, you're talking about, well, 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 I, well I, I, I thought that now he is he's forever. He's t- too expensive now, though. But yeah. Well, well he, too expensive, and he's probably forever typecasted now as Thor. So, uh, yeah. Because th- there's a movie coming out next month that I keep seeing trailers from, uh, Bad Times at the, I think it's Bad Times at the Royale, you know, at the El Royale. And he pretty much, I mean, he's, I guess he's supposed to be a bad guy in the film based on the trailer. But I look at this guy and I'm like, yeah, there goes Thor. So he definitely needs to get another role to, to stand out. Um, that could have worked, but, um, I just don't, I don't think he's going to do that. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know if he's going to do that. Well, he's definitely not going to do it in this instance, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I have to think about that a little bit more. And, and do more research to figure out, you know, who else, who else is going to be in this because there's not a lot of information about what the show is going to entail. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, like uh, just because I made such a big deal about this for anyone listening, I am going to think of five actors and I'm going to tweet it out. So like, after you listen to this, <laughs> go go check my Twitter, like because I know that there's there's tons more actors that are better than Henry Cavill for this role. So I'm gonna I'm gonna but, I'm gonna come up with five and I'm gonna tweet it out. So look out. Just, just, just keep in mind. Let, let's uh, hope hoping that they will be re- they will be reasonably priced actors because uh, I don't really know what the budget was for this particular show, but uh, I would assume 
they have to spend a lot on special effects, everything else. So if you can come up with some actors who you think they can afford to get, I will be very interested to see that. Yeah, matter of fact, I might even make this an article, to be honest. I'm, I'm going to take it back to the old days of TK, and I'm going to put this in an article. So look out for that, guys. I'm going to come up with, and I'm, I'm going to make sure the budget fits, too. Like, I'm not going to go with, <laughs> I'm not going to go with Hollywood A-list. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to think of people who have done sort of TV stuff before as well. And, or maybe like B-list, you know, Hollywood actors that are affordable. Um, I'm going to come up with a list of people who I think are better than Henry Cavill. So look out for that sometime soon. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds good to me. Yes, definitely look out for that. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next topic. And uh, this topic, obviously, this might get a little controversial because uh, some people have some very mixed thoughts on this game, uh, myself included. But we found out that uh, apparently at Tokyo Game Show, which will be, uh, you know, towards the end of this month, we're going to get a stage presentation for Death Stranding. Now, granted, what we saw at, at, at E3, I will tell you, I was not impressed with Death Stranding. And, you know, I was like, this is what Kojima has been working on all this time. So I was I, I, I mean, I was one of the people that was not sold on that. I'm still very confused because I don't know what the hell I was watching. But Gary, uh, what do you think about this uh, Tokyo Game Show uh, reveal or presentation for this game? And do you think it's going to be a disappointment? Um, I mean, we've we've been nothing but disappointed so far by the showings <laughs> for this game, you know, because either they've left left us completely confused or just completely like WTF, you know, like what the hell am I watching? Um, and that was, you know, at E3, what we saw at E3. That was very disappointing. We was like, what the hell are we looking at? It looked like a walk-in simulator. So it's about time that they blow this thing wide open and show us what the hell this game actually is, what you're going to be playing, what you're going to be doing. And, you know, they need to give us that that full-length presentation and show us what is Death Stranding. And I guess this this might be the, the best place to do it because Kojima can go out there and he can talk, you know, in his native tongue. Um, and they can have translators and everything. Um, so this might be the best setting to do that in. Um, and hopefully, you know, we'll get, we'll get to finally see. I'm, I'm thinking maybe something like what they did with Cyberpunk, um, that, you know, that 40 minute stream to like show you how the game is and everything like that. Like they need to do something like that for Death Stranding so that we can finally fully understand what the hell this game is because we still don't know. Um, and you know, a lot of people have, uh, jumped the gun and, and gotten hyped for this game. You know, me, I remain skeptical. I was like, you know, I, until I see what, what this actually is, I'm not getting excited. I love Kojima, but you know, I'm not a sheep. So I need to see something that's going to make me think, okay, yeah, this, this is something worth waiting for. This is something that we need to get. This is something that's worth owning a PS4 for. You know, and I think they they definitely need to, to do this at TGS, especially now that they've hyped it up, kind of like they've put it out there that there's going to be a presentation. They, you know, they can't let us down again now. Otherwise, it's going to get to the point where it's like, screw this game. You know, like is that that's that's coming. You know, like if they let us down again, then it's going to be screw Death Stranding. You're going to start to to see frustrated people. Like, I don't know what this is. Like, you're just confusing me. So 
um, I think it's about time we, we get some some solid information about what this game is. And yeah, um, that's that's why I think we're in it yet. Uh, I, I, I agree with pretty much everything you had to say. Um, I don't think anybody should really be overly excited or have high expectations uh, in regards to Death Stranding because there have been so many presentations we've had for this game and not one of those has been a gameplay reveal. Everything that I have seen, like it's been a cinematic trailer. Um, and I mean, you can we, we can say that the concept looks interesting, but the last the last reveal that I saw, that, that literally put me to sleep. Uh, and I know when we saw it at E3 uh, live in front of, you know, everybody was there. I, I mean, there were some people that were gen- gen- generally ex- interested and very intrigued by the trailer. I saw that and I said, what the hell is Kojima working on? Because uh, I still don't have an explanation as to anything. The story, nothing. So uh, this reveal event that's going to happen at TGS, I would keep my expectations low so that if there is a surprise, then... You know, then you can be like, okay, this is interesting. One thing that I do think we definitely absolutely positively will get is that at the Video Game Award show in December, there definitely will be something for Death Stranding because we already know that Kojima is very good friends with Jeff Keighley. And every single time that he has a show, this guy is on there some way, shape or form. So if there was ever to be any major news, like, I don't know, a release date or something of the sorts, that's probably going to happen at that particular show. But before we even get to that, we need to see some gameplay footage or something. Because what I've seen of the game so far, I am not impressed. If you was to ask me what PlayStation 4 game am I looking forward to now out of everything that I saw after Spider-Man is out and stuff like that, it's Ghost of Tsushima. Because to me, that game looks it's like something totally different. Now, Last of Us 2... That, yeah, it, it, it looks good, but to me, again, that's more of the same. We already saw the violence and all that other stuff in the last game that they did. So, to me, Ghost of Tsushima is the game that looks interesting um, of, as far as their exclusives are concerned. What, with, with this game, though, I, I am not impressed with anything I've seen yet. So, they need to impress people and it also explain what the hell we're, we're actually looking at. So, we'll see. Um, yeah. Any any additional thoughts on Death Stranding before we move on to uh, the next topic? I mean, I, I wish I could have additional thoughts, but I, I just thought I wouldn't <laughs> have. So, you know, it's, it's hard to come up with thoughts or something you don't know what the hell it is. But, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I, just, I just hope we get clarity, you know, and Kojima's going to be comfortable at TGS as his home. So, like, this is the perfect place for him to finally just, you know, give a keynote about this game. Just let the world know what your vision is. Like, you know, so there's no excuse for them not to do it. I mean, I know PSX is coming in a few months also, but yeah, um, I don't think you should wait that long because people were already disappointed with the E3 thing. Um, like you said, some people enjoyed it and were still intrigued, but the majority of us, like the, the super hardcore enthusiasts... We were like, you know, we, we don't understand what this is and it doesn't look that great, you know, like in terms of the, the gameplay we saw. Um, so yeah, I think you, you shouldn't leave us lingering. You shouldn't leave us hanging any, any longer. Um, and I think you should just give us what we want at TGS. 
and then you know PSX could you can show additional stuff or you know new things can be announced at that point. So, oh yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I, I I I I personally think if PSX will probably get a release date for Last of Us Part Two, because um, I know Naughty Dog always has like a major emphasis at that particular show. Um, so that's more than likely. But as for Death Stranding. Who knows? Because again, you know, the way that Sony set up their E3 conference, and I don't mean to backtrack and go back into the past, but the way they set up the conference where we were there, you know, they had the whole introduction, you know, you had the introduction, the special introduction for Last of Us, and then we went to another area for all the other stuff. It's like, they really wanted to emphasize the Last of Us, but prior to that whole event, they're like, there are four major games we're going to show at E3 and talk about. And so when I saw Death Stranding, it was like it was it was it was pretty much a letdown, disappointment. You know, Ghost of Tsushima looked awesome. Last of Us, yeah, looks good. Spider Man looked good, but yeah, I was not sold on Death Stranding. So um, I'm very curious to see uh, what direction they take this. Obviously, uh, Norman Reedus, who is in the game, he is definitely going to. Be you know get a whole a whole you know he's already been the popular character with the other show he's been on the Walking Dead obviously now he is going to be the main focal character because we we heard that Rick Grimes leaving the show so uh, I would think that now that you have even more attention on him as an actor this this game is you know it was already important for him career wise it's going to be a lot more important now because of that so we'll see how the end result is. I can only hope that the reveal is going to be good. I, let, let, let's just say this. I hope TGS as a whole is going to be good. Uh, and we get a whole bunch of other information, not just with Death Stranding, but other games as well. But, um... Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at you, Square Enix. Uh-oh! Uh-oh! What, 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 what? You talking about Final Fantasy uh, a, a remake update? Yep. Uh, that ain't that ain't coming until at least 2024. <laughs> nah. too long. But, but yeah, uh, we'll see about that. But with Death Stranding, yeah, you know, like I said, no disrespect to Kojima, but we need to get an understanding as to what the hell this game is. You know, it's fine to be weird with some of the themes and stuff like that. It's totally fine. But but now, as we get closer to the time when it actually might be coming out, because I'm pretty sure it may be out next year, we got to get an explanation as to what the hell this game is and why we should care about it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. Um, and since you mentioned, uh, you know, Last of Us Two, um, and in terms of that, you know, uh, the the release date for that being announced at PSX, uh, I do have a, an, an early prediction of my own for PSX. I don't know if you wanted to turn this into a PSX discussion or if I should hold it. But well, 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 I t- I, t- I tell you what. You can do that just so long as we also talk about Xbox because we know the people who are Xbox fans, they're going to be like, hey, we don't want this to turn into a PlayStation show. So go ahead and give your predictions. And and, and I, I will have some predictions as well after you in regards to some stuff I think is going to happen with Xbox. Okay, yeah, um, I apologize, uh, Xbox people, for talking <laughs> about PlayStation. I, I know you guys don't like it, but... Yeah, I'm going to talk about PlayStation for just a second longer. But I think we're going to get a, a Horizon 2 announcement at PSX. 
So, so you don't think it's too early for them to announce a sequel to that? No, because um, Horizon came out the top of last year, um, and if they announce it, I mean, it doesn't mean it's coming out in 2019. It could be 2020. So, I'll, um, I'll, I'll so I'll, I'll tell you what, that announcement is going to happen at some point in time. I personally think that will be a launch title for PS5. If I had to make a guess, uh, because I, it, it feels to me like, you know, the, the last couple games, you know, De- Death Stranding, uh, Ghost of Tsushima and Last of Us, those feel like those would be PlayStation 4 titles. But when I think about next gen, because we already know PS5 is in development, we already know the next Xbox is in development. Uh, if I had to make a guess, this, you need to have a title to launch that system. Why not let it be that title since they since it has such an overwhelm, overwhelming amount of support for it? I definitely could see that coming out on next gen. Um, maybe not this gen, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, but that's a good that's a good that's a good guess. Um, my prediction, since I said I was going to make an Xbox prediction, um. Obviously, we know Gears of War 5 is coming out next year. I think that's going to be the fall game next year. Uh, Halo, I'm guessing that's coming out next year. I have no idea because they haven't really provided any other details on that as of yet. But if I had to make an Xbox prediction, um, it is that I want to say before E3 next year, we're finally going to get confirmation of this new Fable game that Playground is working on because I did see that they conducted an interview this week with IGN in which they talked about Forza Motors, Forza Horizon 4 and the guy that they interviewed pretty much said, oh yeah, I'm also working on this other title. So at some point, they are going to talk about that title. I don't know if they're going to wait to E3 next year to talk about that title, but they are going to talk about that because it is in development the reason why they didn't talk about it yet and obviously right now they're focused on Forza because that'll be out next month so my prediction is I guess you could say safe it's not out, out it's not out out of this world we already know the game is in development but yeah that's that's what my little prediction would be in regards to Microsoft so we'll see what happens uh, as oh, no, go ahead oh no I was just gonna say that seems plausible um yeah, not carry on. Oh no, and 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 as for um, Sony, as you said, yeah, we'll see about Death Stranding. Um, I, I, uh, you know, as as I have already mentioned, I'm not really into, I'm not really hyped for this game yet. I haven't really had, I don't really have a reason to be hyped for it because I haven't really seen anything that I actually think think looks intriguing. Um, so we'll see. But Kojima, the fact, like you said, the fact that they felt it necessary to reveal oh yeah he's going to talk about this at TGS well you then now you have got you have got to deliver you know I want to see gameplay I don't want to see a damn a five six eight minute trailer which is all cinematic I want to see gameplay to know what this shit is going to look like that's what I want to see so and, and it would be helpful if you actually explain more but gameplay is all I want to see now like a little demo as to what you're doing in the game, so on and so forth. And then I will tell you how I feel. But right now, I'm not hyped for this game. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out here that 
there's some people that will be hyped for it because it's Kojima. They don't that means they don't really care what he does just because it's Kojima. I ain't that kind of person. I got to see something to get me interested in the game, and I haven't seen nothing yet. So we'll see what happens. Indeed. And uh, let's move on now to <laughs> the. I guess this is going to be the biggest discussion of this of today's particular show. Uh, obviously, a lot of concerns. We speak about this. I mean, every couple of episodes we talk about EA and our concerns for certain franchises that they're working on. So this is going to be a very interesting discussion because uh, obviously we do know some some details. But basically, we we do know that Anthem is releasing next year. There was news that there is a demo that is going to be available on February 1st of 2019 across Xbox and PlayStation. Um, and I believe PC also. But the news regarding Anthem is that we have heard is that the next Dragon Age and Mass Effect games are going to be heavily influenced by Anthem. Now, I think we definitely need to discuss this because Bioware with Mass Effect Andromeda, you know, I, I think we do have at least a few fans that are watching this show that enjoyed Mass Effect Andromeda. And that's totally fine if they enjoyed it. But I think universally, a lot of people would agree it was a very disappointing sequel in more than one way. Um, and, it's, and, and the reason why EA wants to take a break from the series, as they said, the series is on ice now, is because of the overall reception was not what they wanted. So now when I think about Mass Effect already heading downhill, um, Anthem, like I said, I only saw it briefly during E3. I haven't really seen enough of that game to know whether or not it's actually going to be any good. All I know is that a lot of people were hyped for that game, and I'm guessing once we actually play the demo, we'll know whether or not this game is something that we actually want to invest our hard-earned money into. But the question that I want to ask you, Gary, as someone who has played Dragon Age, who has played Mass Effect, do you think that this is going to necessarily be a good thing if they are going to decide to make Anthem be the main influence behind these other titles. No. It's no good <laughs> idea. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, I'm like, So yeah, I, I think this is a really bad idea. And that's because a couple of weeks ago, I remember seeing uh, an article of somebody from Bioware. They came out and specifically said Anthem is nothing like Mass Effect, you know. Um, and I guess what they were trying to put forward is, you know, people were uh, expecting because it's sort of like a similar uh, kind of art design, character design kind of thing. They're thinking maybe it has some sort of influences from the Mass Effect games in terms of the storytelling and decision making and things like that, and how the narrative is approached. But he made a he made a, a point to specifically say Anthem is not going to be like Mass Effect. So now you're telling us that in the next Dragon Age and the next Mass Effect, you're designing them to have influences of Anthem, something that's nothing like Mass Effect or Dragon Age. So why should we be excited for that, knowing that you're modeling it after something that's nothing like what we fell in love with, like that that logic is just really stupid to me um and you're already 
being looked at in a negative light after what happened with Andromeda, you know. And I mean, Inquisition, it was a good game, you know, it was, it was decent. Um, it wasn't a bad game, but a lot of people wasn't that high on, on that game, you know, for, for Dragon Age standards. Like the, the best was the first game, you know, Dragon Age Origins. Um, a lot of people didn't like two. I liked two. I think it was okay. Inquisition, it was, you know, it was good, but you could sort of feel that EA influence and the kind of change in, in their approach in Inquisition. And now it's just getting out of control, um, you know, with each new game that they put out. Um, and that doesn't give me any confidence. And it, you know, actually, it's, it's actually saddening because I fell in love with these two IPs, Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Like I loved them. Those, they were among my two favorite IPs that came out of that last generation we had, you know, and now they're just running them into the ground and, uh, it seems like EA is just inserting their influence and they're just, you know, I don't know, like Anthem is a, is an online game and I'm, I'm guessing that it's going to be structured in a way that is designed to keep you playing again and again with, you know, with friends or wherever. And it's going to be, it's going to, uh, try and steer you in the way of buying DLC and, uh, you know, um, cosmetics and, you know, things of that nature, you know, loot boxes and stuff like that. Like that, they're, they're not going to call it loot box because now it has a, a negative stigma, but they're going to have microtransactions in some way. Like it's, it's inevitable. So because it's that style of game, it now worries me that that's what they want to model these two games off because they are not online games, you know, like they are, we know them to be single player narrative driven games. So why are you modeling those, those games on your big, uh, you know, kind of blockbuster, uh, online game that you're trying to push? Like, why are you changing them that much to where, you know, that they're supposed to resemble Anthem? Like, it is, it makes no sense to me. Um, like, cause those games are supposed to be two completely different things. Like, they're not supposed to be modeled after your online mmo kind of game you know like uh so yeah it's very worrying and we were already worried about these games after andromeda so if this doesn't do anything to help them i think they should at this point until they announce dragon age and mass effect they shouldn't even talk about it like they shouldn't even talk they shouldn't say anything about these games until we see footage of it or a trailer or something because they're not doing themselves any favors right now um and we're already kind of writing bioware off a little bit so they should just keep their mouth shut keep their heads down try and make these games as good as possible i understand that ea is the parent company and ea has their own list of expectations and things that they expect from bioware or that they want from bioware and i understand that that you know affects the type of games that bioware can make and it's unfortunate but yeah i i just i just feel like coming out and saying these things like even you know i mentioned that he said uh anthem is nothing like mass effect or whatever like at this point just don't talk like don't say anything like just because you're just annoying us with every interview at this point so uh yeah this this does nothing to make me confident in bioware right now uh this isn't the same bioware 
that you know made the classic games that we loved you know this is a different bioware at this point so so so, so I, I agree with a lot of what you say first i'm gonna start with a side note stuff like this this is why i wanted microsoft to make an offer and buy bioware when they had an opportunity to purchase them but instead they let ea come in and take that and I still think that they that that is one L that they will never recover from in terms of losing out on getting that because I recall when I picked up Mass Effect for the very first time on Xbox 360, the game was absolutely fantastic, and I enjoyed the sequel a lot more. But just to know that Microsoft had an opportunity to at one point purchase BioWare is very very disappointing because if they did purchase that, is no telling where things would be right now. And they would have another exclusive title on their platform as big as Mass Effect. That would have been a, a major, major deal for them. So I didn't want to add that little side note in there. Now, in regards to Anthem, we already know that the main reason why Anthem it was created is because EA basically wants their own version of Destiny. And that is the comparison that people have kept talking about with this game. This is like, like Destiny but it's a totally different experience. So I know Destiny right now, they just released a new DLC. It does change the experience. I've heard a lot of people talking positively about that. But even before this DLC came out, uh, Destiny 2 has been getting hammered because of the content, uh, because the game didn't feel like it was a complete package, and even more so with the first title. Obviously, the sequel is improved, upon because they learned from the first time but if i was ea i would not try to make try to copy copy a competitor to a t i would try to make something that is original and also when you have a studio like bioware you need to let them play to their strengths their strengths is in telling stories with compelling characters so if you make this a service-based game where you aren't really focused on story um that right there is a problem. That is a significant issue. So games like Mass Effect were all about stories, building relationships, and then you make certain choices that impact you later. You know, very, very severe consequences for some of the actions that you do. So Mass Effect 2, still to this very day, I, you know, I enjoy that game more than Mass Effect 3. Uh, Mass Effect 3, obviously, yeah, but the, the suicide mission... At the end of Mass Effect 2, the way that they handled that game, that was just very well done from top to bottom. And the fact that every single character served a purpose in that particular mission, that told me that they actually thought this process too, through. I don't really know um, how much they've thought through Anthem because EA, as you said, they already have their goals of what they want this game to be. And yes, we want microtransactions. I saw that they already have come out and say... The microtransactions will be cosmetic in the game and that all of the story content will be in there so you won't have to pay extra for that, which is all great. All of this sounds great. However, however, we have to understand that EA, the reputation that they have, and the fact that they are the publisher, they definitely will have some, some gotcha moments in this. And I'm curious to see what that actually is. Now, we won't really know anything until we actually get our hands on the demo in February. We may probably get some more footage this year, whether it's at PSX or the Video Game Awards show or any of these other shows. We'll probably get some more footage and more details, obviously. But um, 
I think it, it makes sense to be very skeptical of what they can do if they decide that they want this to be the model in which they create the next Mass Effect and uh, Dragon Age uh, from. Uh, as I know I've said on this show multiple times, if Anthem is a flop, there will not be another Mass Effect or Dragon Age. So they really do need to focus on making this game as good as it possibly can be. And I don't think that they should be out here telling people what it is and what it isn't. Let the game speak for itself. If you're confident in the product and you're making something that you think is going to be awesome, just create the game, put it out there. If you want to release gameplay footage, yeah, they definitely need to be doing a lot of that because there's a lot of titles coming out early next year that is going to make it for a very crowded release schedule. We already know this because we saw some of those titles that were announced at Gamescom that have release dates that are at the beginning of next year. So, um, I mean, Anthem... It, it had a lot of buzz during E3, so I think it's still going to be a fine game in terms of how it stands among other titles. But with that said, we still need to see more of the game, what it has to offer, and really be convinced of what the experience is. I mean, we can say it looks great graphically, graphically, it looks awesome, but the story content, none of that information is out there. So we definitely need to get some more information. And then... Once we see how that is, we can see whether or not that's a good thing. But just like you said, they shouldn't be talking about Mass Effect or Dragon Age because we don't know what the hell Anthem is and what it has to offer yet. So I wouldn't have made that that I wouldn't have made that statement if I was him. I would have just said, We're working on the game, it's gonna be a different type of experience, and we will keep you posted on updates. Don't make that comparison to Mass Effect and Dragon Age, especially when we know Andromeda was not received well by everybody. So, but it is what it is. Um, like I said, uh, this, it's a major deal for this game, so hopefully it, it is successful, because I don't want anything bad to happen to Bioware, but uh, it is what it is. We know EA's track record of having to close down all these studios, so hopefully that doesn't happen, but we'll have to see what happens. Indeed. And I also want to go on and say that um, I hope in all of these games, in all three of these games, I hope that the actual miss uh, mission and quest structure is uh, more uh, has has more depth to it than Andromeda did. Because the thing is, in Andromeda, like it's easy to say, "Oh, the, this game is stuffed full of content, full of missions and story and everything like that." But the thing is, with Andromeda, a lot of the like it had a ton of quests and missions for you to do, but none of them, like a lot of them, I would say, you know, like eight percent of them were junk missions. Like it, they were just irrelevant fetch quests. And um, some, like the Inquisition, was a bit like that too. Dragon Age Inquisition, like it was. There were some missions that were completely irrelevant and didn't add nothing to the game. And Andromeda was full of that. And um, you know, my thing is like with the first three Mass Effect games and Dragon Age Origins and um, Dragon Age Two, it's like every mission, every quest meant something. It, you know, it um, it added to the story, like the the world building and the story, and you know, the the world that they created and everything. Like there was something new to learn with every quest that you did, every side quest, you know. Um, so I don't want just a bunch of filler story content like 
make it mean something because that's why we that's why we fell in love with these games like everything meant something so don't just give us content to tick a bunch of boxes and say yeah we, we've we've created additional content like you know um i, I don't want a bunch of promises you know from them I, I i want actual you know content that's that's substantial and um leaves me fulfilled um so yeah don't just give me don't just come out here and say a, a bunch of buzzwords, a bunch of keywords, and be like, "Yeah, we've got uh, we've got two hundred quest lines and missions and in, in this game and yada yada yada." Like, I want it to actually mean something. It has to actually, you know, it, I want it to be a good story. I want it to grip me, to hold my attention, and I don't want to like just be flying around the galaxy just doing fetch quests like like I did in Andromeda. Because eventually in Andromeda, I was like. You know what? Screw this. I'm getting bored of this. Like, let me just finish this game, man. Let me let me just try and rush to the end. And then they made it hard to even do that. Like, you couldn't even like rush through the story. There were parts where you had to do like other stuff, and it was like it just got frustrating eventually. So they need to really work on that and make sure these new games are nothing like that. Like, I don't want a bunch of fluff quests. Give me substance, because um, you know quality over quantity at the end of the day. So I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying, and I hate to tell you this, but I believe that there's definitely going to be some filler in there as well. So, uh, <laughs> hey, let's just hope that they, that they get this thing right. Um, they have a lot to live up to. The expectations are high. And as I said, with, with bio, you know, because even though this game is being made by the team that actually worked on the original Mass Effect trilogy, and they had nothing to do with Andromeda. Everyone looking at Bioware, they're not thinking about the multiple teams. They're thinking, well, Bioware, the last game they made was trash. They didn't like Andromeda. So they really do have to live, deliver with this title. They, that, that's not an exaggeration. They, they know this is an important game to deliver on. So I am hopeful that they give us what we want. Um, again, like I say... It, if it's not, if it, if it doesn't have a compelling storyline, compelling characters, and decisions that matter, so on and so forth, then to me, you have taken out pretty much almost everything that Bioware does a good job on. So we have to see more, uh, get more insight. I understand they they don't, they don't want to reveal too much about the game because they don't want to give you the whole game away. But they damn sure got to show more than what they showed already. I mean, so. Yeah, they, they, they got to do better than what, what, we, what we have already seen. So I'm hoping that we do get some more information in due time. Um, but for right now, um, I have to say, I, I, I am curious to see more on the game. But again, I'm not, I'm not someone who is hyped. There are only a certain amount of games I'm hyped for. This is not one of them. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing... What it what what it brings to the table? What's different about it? Because when I play when I played Destiny for the first time, this is something where when the game first came out, yeah, it was hot. A lot of people liked it, but once you got to the point where there was no content and it was just a lot of grinding, that was when I said, "All right, I'm out." So I don't want it to be. I don't want this game to be like that. You know, obviously, I wanted to offer more. And as you said, with the missions, that wanted to be valuable. Valuable missions, not stuff that's just thrown in there just for the sake of being thrown in there. But I do believe that there is going to be some filler in there too, because uh, I don't know, man. This again, this is EA. I got, I got to be a little skeptical 
because EA is in charge of this. And even though, like I said, they said all those microtransactions are cosmetic, there is going, there's no way there is going, there's going to be something in this game that is going to be a ah gotcha moment. And I can't wait to see what that is because I will be laughing and I will be talking about that on this very show when that happens because it is going to happen. You know how EA operates. But um, we'll see. As I said, I'm just hoping that Anthem is actually good. And if we get another Mass Effect uh, in, by, in Dragon Age, yeah, I hope those are good as well. But we'll see since they say Anthem is going to be what determines all of this stuff. So we'll see. Yeah, it seems like for EA and Bioware, a lot is riding on Anthem. And uh, just to, um, you know, since we are talking about EA, I want to throw in um, the Battlefield thing. Because you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they've been worried about those pre-orders, man. The pre-orders haven't been looking that great for Battlefield 5. So, well, um, well, 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 hold on. Now, now, are you planning to try out the beta? Because there's an open beta that... um. I believe is, is is going on right now. I need to try that beta out, then I can talk about that next week. But uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I I might give it a try. Um, do you have to pre-order to get into the beta, or uh, no, 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 download it? Uh, okay. No, I, I believe it is. It is totally open now because when I signed on to Xbox earlier, it was an option to download it. So I'm assuming that it, that's across all platforms. It's open now until i think the uh next week early next week um yeah yeah, i'll go ahead oh no because no because my 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 logic is if if ea if the game is struggling so bad on the sales then it will be very stupid of them to make this a closed beta when you know that you want to get more people interested in the game yeah that'll be a dumb decision however i will say the timing of this beta very interesting because on monday the Black Ops uh, Black Blackout, aka Battle Royal beta, also is going to be uh, going to be out, you know, available for people to try. So this this is uh they cutting it close with this uh with this beta thing here. Um, but mm-hmm. they they're worried. <laughs> yeah, like EA, like I think they've been really worried since that PR disaster last year with Battlefront. Um, so, you know, they've been trying to change their whole uh, methods, you know, giving free content with their games and everything like that. But, you know, with the, with the pre-order sales being low for Battlefield, and this is like one of their biggest IPs, I think they're worried. And, you know, now it's putting additional pressure on, you know, both Battlefield 5 and Anthem because they, 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 <laughs> they want both these, these games to be successful to, you know, keep them keep them being that top company kind of thing. And they're already losing the NBA battle, it seems. I mean, I don't know what's going on with the NBA Live. You can fill me in on that, but yeah, but yeah, like uh, I guess they feel like they're they're kind of um, struggling to win back uh, game of trust a little bit, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's got them quite worried. Well, well, okay, so I, I, I'll say a few things. First, in regards to NBA Live. Uh, I did play NBA Live briefly at E3 last year. I'm going to say earlier this year. Um, the game, the game is is okay. You know, the street stuff and the team stuff. A lot of that reminded me of NBA Street, which made me question again: Why the hell didn't they just bring that franchise back? But the game is okay. But again, when you're going up against a series like NBA 2K, 
everyone's naturally going to gravitate towards the NBA 2K because there have been there've been quite some. I mean, they they are the top series. There's no doubt about that. You know, every single year they release a game where it looks great. It, there may be some new features in there, and there may not not be some things that pretty much just like a, 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 a this is a roster update pretty much every single year. Um, but for the most part, because of the reputation they have, because that they have been out for a while, in most years when EA didn't even have an NBA game to compete against it, they are the number one, and they will be number one for quite a while. But I don't really know too much about NBA Live because I haven't really played the final build of the game. I do know some of the reviews are still somewhat okay. It's not going to ever be more than NBA 2K, in my personal opinion, until they do a lot of different stuff to really change up a lot of different experiences. But I will say the street stuff in the team uh, mode, all of that stuff looks great in the game. So, you know, if they stay on that path, eventually they will get on, on the same level of NBA 2K, but they are not there right now. Um, as for Battlefield Five. Um, you know, I when I saw the trailer for Battlefield Five, I just was not interested in it. It has nothing to do with the fact that the females are in the game, and maybe somebody can make a, a point and say they think that's why the sales are are low. But I don't really think that's really all, all the, the whole big thing there. I think it's because people are getting tired of Battlefield. You know, like I said, you know, if they had still had another series to go to in between this. Because, I mean, it feels like we just got Battlefield 1, you know. So if you had another series in between Battlefield, like, say, a Battlefield Bad Company, maybe that would have been something people would have enjoyed more. But I just think that they're getting fatigued because they look at Battlefield 5 and they're like, you know, this looks a lot like Battlefield 1, but it's female characters in it. And maybe it's a few things that are different, but it still feels like it's the same experience. And I think that is why people saw this game and they're like, you know what, I'm just not completely sold. So I think them releasing the beta is great to get people interested in it. Um, but we'll see about that. And, and in regards to what you said about this being a big deal along with Anthem, I I personally think that Anthem won't have this issue because it is a new game. It does. It is something that it could be a different experience. So I, I don't think that's going to have an issue with, with pre-order sales. But then again, I mean, we'll see. Because again, they have a couple of months to really show us more on what Anthem has to offer. Um, and I know that they had a spread out in Game Informer magazine, which is great. But I still need to see more. And I need to get, like, like they need to be like a, a, a dev series talking about the game, behind the scenes, all of that stuff. I got to see more on this game to really get invested into it. But because it is a new IP, I think it's still going to, to 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 get a lot of people that are interested in pre-orders and will pick up the game more so than Battlefield because Battlefield Five does not look that different from Battlefield One. Um, yeah, and you know, I think I think uh, Max Muller could confirm this because he he did see both of these games and was not in, impressed at all. So um, I guess. That's what that's what I would say it is. I, I don't really think it has anything to do with the, the females in the game. I think it, it's good to have the females in the game to maybe show a different perspective. But obviously, you know, you got to make things different beyond just that. And then when it looks and it feels exactly like the last Battlefield game, then I can see why people were like, you know what? I'm not interested in that. 
there's too many other games coming out this year that I want instead. So that right there is what happens. But yeah, I also just think like uh, this whole military shooter hype thing is is getting old. Like uh, people like you, you have games like Overwatch and Fortnite and PUBG and stuff like that that are just a little more fun in their approach um whereas you know battlefield call of duty is like they're still recycling that same kind of hardcore military kind of you know shooter thing and it's like people have kind of moved on from that i mean not all the way because people still buy them but people want something different sometimes like these these games come out like every year and or every other year or whatever and it just like you said, it feels too soon. Like we, it feels like we just got Battlefield One, um, and I, I think they should just change the approach. Like they should have did Battlefield Bad Company and did something a bit more lighthearted. Um, and I understand the reason why they're both doing Battle Royale because that's their way of trying something new with you know that fits in line with what people are playing right now. But at the same time, like I think the whole approach. And presentation of the game could also be different because it looks the same, you know. Um, and you know, if they if they would have did Bad Company, they would have had the chance to do something a bit more light-hearted, a bit more different. Like with like, I I respect what they did with Battlefield Hardline because that was something a bit different. Yeah, yeah, I, I did enjoy that too. Actually, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So. The, uh... Yeah, the uh, the the TV style approach. Yeah, that, that, that was awesome. Yeah, that was actually really good. That was kind of, probably kind of underrated, to be honest with you. Um, I know the online in that wasn't as good as like usual Battlefield, but the actual story mode and everything like that was really good. Like the way they approached that. Um, so they should have tried something completely different this year, to be honest. I think. Um, but yeah, I mean. Hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, they, they do have stiff competition because, you know, Red Dead is coming out, Call of Duty, of course, um, and people are still playing Fortnite and other games. So, you know, there's, there's a lot going on. Yeah, no, and I agree. I, I, I agree with that. Uh, I was just going to add that, you know, what they should have done with Battlefield 5 because it does feel a lot like Battlefield 1 based on how it looks. This, it feels to me like Battlefield 5, this should have been DLC for Battlefield 1. Instead of you making this a Battlefield 5 game, make it additional DLC, additional stories. That would have made more sense and dropped the price lower, you know, pat below 60. And it, I think that would have that would have went over well. But of course, you know, because EA wants to have a major title every fall season, um, they constantly put themselves in these situations. As I said, in regards to Anthem, I don't really think Anthem is going to have that issue because it is a new IP. People are interested in it. But again, it all depends on how they execute and they handle everything behind it because it's coming out in February. As I already mentioned, there's other games that are coming out, but it does, they do have enough time to really advertise this game more, show us more of the game and really convince people that they should pick it up. So hopefully they do that because as I said, I do not want anything bad to happen to Bioware. Um, and we already know EA's track record with these studios. I still am very angry over what happened with Visceral because I wanted to see what they were going to do with this Star Wars game. And, and that's what I'm saying about them making these decisions. So hopefully nothing bad happens with Anthem, as to Battlefield Five, 
it's good that they're having the beta now because you can get more people interested in the game and they may be more likely to pick it up in November when it won't really have too much other competition. But um, we'll see. The ball is in their court, so hopefully they can deliver. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. any uh, final thoughts before we uh, wrap up this topic? No, that's pretty much it for me. <laughs> yeah, so I hope that uh, EA, uh, if they listen to this uh, podcast later, I hope that they heed this advice and they do not blacklist the coalition from talking about EA stuff ever again because uh, everything is a negative. This is just the honest feedback. So hopefully they will take this information and they will actually listen. Yeah, it's just constructive criticism. That's all we, we That's- love. We love Mass Effect and Dragon Age. We just, you know, we want the best for them. Absolutely. I agree 100%. So we shall see what happens. But um, I believe that that does conclude our show for tonight. Unless, of course, there's any other topics you want to mention. Um, Nothing comes to mind right now. Yeah, you know, it, it hasn't really been too much news this week compared to the previous week. We had a whole bunch of news that dropped. So, yeah, I mean, I think at this point now everybody is either playing Spider-Man or NBA 2K, so they don't really, and they're gearing up for next week, a couple other games coming out later this month in October, so, but we're definitely going to have a lot to say about a lot of these other games, so stay tuned for that um, for future episodes. But uh, that does conclude our show for this evening, so uh, I want to give a shout-out to all of the Patreon supporters, everybody that's either watching the show live or listening to it later on the download we appreciate your continued support i want to give a shout out to m collins because he did win our spider-man giveaway and he does have the game so i hope that he enjoys it he will be listening to this uh download later so yeah let us know your thoughts on the show um and we are going to be announcing another giveaway next week so stay tuned for that uh not really sure yet which game because there are a ton of games coming out in october so it's gonna be hard to choose just one but we'll figure it out but um yeah that concludes my shout outs for today and gary the floor is now yours for uh shout outs yep so once again big shouts to our patreon supporters m collins mauricio aguilar himdil fergus mills miguel and antonio rogers um, and congrats again to, uh, you know, uh, Marcus, um, sorry, M. Collins for, for, you know, winning Spider-Man. Um, definitely let us know what you think of that, the game and everything, you know, um, cause I'm sure you're enjoying it right now. And big shouts to everyone who, who joined us in the chat today. I saw Mills in there, Ruthless is in there being crazy as usual. Um, so yeah, big shouts to everyone who watches live and, um, supports the show constantly. So. Uh, and also big shouts to the coalition team. I know there's a lot of uh, content, you know, incoming and there's some stuff that's already on the site. I know Rich just wrote an article about Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey. Um, so is that the name of the game? I, I get mixed up now. Oh, yeah. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And, and, I, yeah. and I will I will make it I will admit right now that probably is the game I'm looking forward to next before we get to Red Dead. But that game. That game is absolutely uh, fantastic. Uh, if you want to learn more about the game, definitely check out my article on the website. We'll have a link to that as well. Um, also, I want, do want to give a shout-out to 
uh, Dana because she wrote her review for Iron Fist season two. It's on Netflix now, but if you don't, if you want to get an idea of how the show is before you actually watch it, definitely check out her review on the website as well as the editorial that I also did on uh, Iron Fist season two. I can tell you right now, though, the show is definitely better than last season. Uh, shockingly better, actually. So uh, definitely check those out. But no, go ahead, Gary. Yep, and and there's still more reviews incoming as well, so be on the lookout for those. And yeah, um, big shouts to to the entire team. And I want to give a shout to uh, Throwdown as well for for getting to their 200th episode. They had uh, Mr. Tor Davis on there. They had uh, Hip Hop Gamer on there, and they had Andre Tipton. So that was a very entertaining show as well. Um, so definitely okay. check that out after you check this one out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, we definitely want to give a shout out to the Throwdown team doing big things over there. I actually will be on Throwdown Your Questions Sunday night for their 200th episode also. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, You know, you guys always ask them excellent questions. So I'm curious to know. I can't wait to be a part of that to see what questions are asked, especially with Spider-Man just coming out and all this other stuff going on. So definitely look, look for that soon. Yeah, Throwdown, you, you guys got to start recording more early, man, so I can be on because I, I like being on. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, you, you have to you have to talk to them about that. You know, like I said, um, see what they have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I, I don't want to mess up their schedule and everything, but yeah, one of these days I'm gonna I'm gonna pop up on one of them shows for sure. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it for my shouts, though. Absolutely. Yes, so uh, as I said, uh, continue to stay tuned to the website. We do have uh, a lot of content coming next week. The Tomb Raider review will be out on Monday, um, as well as a lot of different things and a couple of surprises. So stay tuned. Uh, And once again, thank you all for your continued support. And we will talk to you all next week. Peace.